This is the Sermon Podcast of Lord of Life Lutheran Church in Columbus, Ohio, where we proclaim God's extravagant grace, radical inclusion, and relentless compassion. Join us for worship on Sundays at 8 a.m., 9 a.m., or 11.15 a.m. This is Lord of Life. There's a place for you here. For information, please visit our website at www.acceptingall.com. The first lesson today is from 1 Samuel, the second chapter. Samuel was ministering before the Lord, a boy wearing a linen ephod. His mother used to make for him a little robe and take it to him each year when she went up with her husband to offer the yearly sacrifice. Then Eli would bless Elkanah and his wife and say, May the Lord repay you with children by this woman for the gift that she made to the Lord and then they would return to their home. Now the boy Samuel continued to grow, both in stature and in favor with the Lord and with the people. Holy wisdom, holy word. The second lesson is from Colossians. As God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Bear with one another, and if anyone has a complaint against another, forgive each other. Just as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds everything together in you in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in the one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, Teach and admonish one another in all wisdom, and with gratitude in your hearts, sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Holy wisdom, holy word. The Holy Gospel according to Luke, the second chapter. Now every year, Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the festival of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up as usual for the festival. When the festival was ended and they started to return, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but his parents didn't know it. Assuming that he was in the group of travelers, they went a day's journey Then they started to look for him among their relatives and friends, and when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem to search for him. After three days, they found him in the temple, sitting among the teachers, listening to them, and asking them questions. And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. When his parents saw him, they were astonished, and his mother said to him, Child, why have you treated us like this? Look, your father and I have been searching for you in great anxiety. He said to them, Why were you searching for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? But they did not understand what he said to them. Then he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was obedient to them. His mother treasured all these things in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and in years 
and in divine and human favor. The gospel of the Lord. With all that we, as those who bear his name, know about Jesus, about who he will become, it's sometimes easy to forget that first and foremost, Jesus was a good Jewish boy. That he was laid in the manger in not only wrapped in swaddling clothes, but wrapped in the whole tradition that defined who he was and who the people were to which he was born. We hear about, well, doubtless at his birth, Joseph, like any Jewish father, would have prayed a prayer of thanksgiving for the birth of a, a healthy child, all the more so because it was a healthy male child, and in those days they were the ones who would have been tasked with studying the law and looking over their household Mary would have observed a period of isolation after the birth, giving her time to heal and to recover. And then we hear about Jesus' bris, about him being circumcised, Luke tells us, and by so doing, receiving into his own flesh the sign of the covenant, the sign of his identity. And then today we hear about the ritual redemption of Jesus as the Jews were required to do. Some of the cultures around them still observe child sacrifice as a way of placating the gods, but the Jews had long since rejected that and instead provided a ritual way in which they could come and by offering a dove or some other sacrifice, buy back their firstborn. And so it's here at Jerusalem in the process of this ritual that Jesus and his parents become separated. Jesus is born into a story born into a narrative. He is born into this story that begins with a God who speaks creation into being, who by words forms all that is out of the chaotic waters and declares it to be good, declares it to be very good. But then through human weakness and hubris, somehow this good creation lurches off track and becomes dangerous, lurching along, destroying things in its path. And so God attempts to intervene, in a sense to redeem this creation as Jesus himself was redeemed. And the first attempt 
sounds a little bit like chemo in that through the flood, God seems to attempt to destroy the bad cells while trying to preserve the good cells. And thus it is that Noah and his family are walled off in the ark, preserved over the flood, and given a new chance to flourish. But at the end, we are told that God discovers it's not so simple. The healthy cells can't be separated from the unhealthy for the simple reason that they are all diseased. God discovers that the heart of humankind is evil from birth. And so God attempts a new sort of therapy. Instead, seeking to strengthen and to lift up the healthy cells, he goes to Abraham and he makes a covenant with Abraham promising that he would make him and his descendants into a great nation who would glow with health and wholeness, a nation who would become the envy of the world such that the rest of the world would stream into Jerusalem to learn the ways of God. The people receive the law The people receive the covenant. But here, too, we find that this therapy somehow doesn't seem to work. And rather than becoming the envy of the nations, the nation seems to lurch from one bad king to a worse one to a worse one until finally the kingdom collapses under the weight of its own corruption. Jesus is born into a redemptive narrative that is defined and told to each new generation through the rituals, through the laws, through the scripture, through the community. But it is telling that Even as Jesus is uh, bathed and submerged in this narrative, that his parents find him in his father's house questioning the rabbis, asking questions about this narrative. Because what we discover is that The narrative, far from being written in stone, is a living story, is a living narrative that continues to grow and evolve, that continues to have new chapters written with each new generation. And so it becomes the responsibility of each new generation to ask the questions, to appropriate the narrative, and then to ask questions about those areas where the narration doesn't seem to be true, where the story grates or stumbles. And in so doing, to draw closer to the source of that narrative and to once more listen for the voice of God. And so here we find 
the child Jesus on the verge of his own bar mitzvah, on the verge of his own becoming an adult, questioning the rabbis, questioning the story into which he is born. And we will see the fruits of this questioning as the story says, he grows in wisdom and in years. It seems to me, though, that the comment about him growing in favor with God and with man might be a little bit exaggerated. Because we will find that not everyone is so ready to have the narrative amended, to have the new chapter written. There are always those who cling to the narrative as the last and final word. And therefore, no new word can be spoken. But in that, there is always the danger that the narrative itself becomes the object of worship rather than the one who speaks the narrative to us. The words themselves become the end rather than the holy breath, the Holy Spirit that speaks those words. Because indeed we will find a dramatic new chapter written by Jesus to this narrative lived out and told in his own life and in his own flesh. And like those who went before us who received the mark of the narrative in circumcision, we too will receive the mark of this new chapter in our flesh. Washed in the baptismal font, marked with the cross of Christ on our foreheads. Carrying that mark with us as a constant reminder of this new chapter in which God realizes that God must bring the cure himself. God himself must be the cure for us. And so it is that Christ takes on the cancer of life, the cancer that has grown within creation and carries that to the tomb with him. We find that God so loves the world that God dies for us. But the story is not closed yet. We too listen for the new words that God will speak to us that speak in a new and thrilling way in accents that we have never heard before. We will remain vigilant, our ears straining to hear the new messengers that come to us who speak of God's amazing work in this world. We too strain to see through the fog around us to see what God is doing around us. 
always being careful not to be so sure that we know what God is doing that we can't see the new thing. Always being careful not to think that we know the story so well that we cannot hear the new words spoken. Indeed, I feel like that is my most important job as a preacher to somehow break open those words that we know so well so that we can hear them anew. To silence that voice in us that would finish the passage, that would finish the story even before we get to it so that we can hear that holy pause in which we wait for the new creation, the new word spoken. The early Christian community, when it chose Sunday as its Sabbath rather than Saturday, did so for a very good reason. It chose it because it was not the final day of creation on which God rested, but because it was the first day of the new creation through Jesus, in which God was doing a new thing. And so we gather on this day to listen, to question, and to receive the God who would tell us this story, to receive the new story that comes to us through Jesus. Amen.